It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by John Rooney. John is the Senior Vice President of Product and Solution Marketing at New Relic, and he's also a friend. So John, welcome to Adventures in Messaging today. Thanks for being here. Emma, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So John, we've had a lot of conversations about messaging over the past few months. And one thing you said, uh, which totally resonated with me, is this idea of you know, as a product marketing team, we can't fall in, or as a company, right? We can't fall in love with the words we come up with inside the building, right? This idea of just taking these words that sound good to us and taking it out to market and just assuming it's it's right. And I know you've built up your career in the enterprise side of, of things, enterprise messaging. And so, you know, what do we do? How do we stop following, falling in love with the messaging inside the building? And how do we make sure that the story we take to the market uh, is really going to resonate with our target audience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I've been pretty lucky that I've worked with some great people over the years and been a part of some great companies and uh, picked up some best practices. So I think the way that I think the world and like how a bill becomes a law or the, the work stream is, you know, everything falls out of the positioning statement. And I think the first thing to sort of clarify for people is positioning doesn't equal messaging, right? Positioning is the way I think about it is what you tell yourself, you know, when, 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 the, when the bright lights are on inside the building, this is about how you articulate your strategy, company strategy, product strategy to say, here's who we are, here's what we do differently than other, other you know, folks out there in the market. And um, here's how it helps people. And that's not ever, never meant to be messaging. Um, it's always meant to be uh, sort of a, a clarifying kind of North Star for um, this is what we're doing. I think from that you draft, always think of it as draft and hypothesis and, and take much more of a iteration hypothesis. You know, I was pretty lucky. I, I came up as a product manager really early in my career and somebody explained to me like, you know, part of your job as, as a product manager, I don't really care what you think. I care what you're able to synthesize from uh, market research, customer quotes, like, you know, but your opinion is less important than your, than your ability to pull this stuff together. So I, it's always sort of stuck with me. So I always think of like the first, that first draft of messaging that's done inside the building that includes all the biases, that includes all the things that people sort of anchor on, treat it like a hypothesis. Maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. And then how do you add rigor to it? Um, and you mentioned before, you know, in my career, uh, I have, uh, I, I've been pretty anchored in not only enterprise software, but like the very kind of technical back end, uh, selling technical stuff for technical people in enterprise software. So there, there are a couple of things that may not apply if you are in kind of traditional B2C um, or even, you know, in other areas of, uh, of B2B where it might be a little bit more focused on the information worker than uh, kind of the, the super technical um, user and persona. But I, I, in my mind, and, and one of them, you know, sort of coming pretty, re pretty recently, I think there's sort of four um, 
almost sort of gauntlets you should run that messaging through um, in terms of stress testing them and really validating them and doing them in parallel. And then sort of your job as a product marketer or sort of the messaging guru is to listen and synthesize and test and kind of triangulate or quadrangulate if there's four of them <laughs> to kind of come together with the best solution. Um, and I think the, 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 you know, there's two that are very specific to enterprise software. I'll start there. Uh, and then we'll talk to the ones I think are a little bit more, more broadly applicable. Uh, the first one is the most recent innovation. And I feel like it's such a gimme. It's like finding, you know, gold in your backyard is uh, read RFPs, right? So re requests for proposals, RFPs, they're super standard, especially in enterprise software, especially when you're selling into like, uh, you know, the CIO or big IT, um, you know, analyst firms like Gartner, that's why the magic quadrants exist. So they essentially create the criteria and then you get RFPs based on the criteria in, in, the, in the magic quadrant. But the great thing about RFPs is you don't have to guess what customers are looking for. They're telling you, they're asking for it. You get to hear their language. How do they articulate this, this capability? How do they articulate, you know, they care about X and not Y. Um, and it's just like free market research, customer research of amazing depth that just floats onto the shore. And so I started to get into just reading all the RFPs and um, uh, getting my team, the, all the PMMs to like get familiar with the RFPs, read the RFPs. And then one thing we do uh, at New Relic and done other places is we kind of produce a sort of golden RFP response. And so there's a sort of a database of saying, when you ask for this, don't you have to come up with an answer? Like here's the answer that PMM will sort of uh, pre-build for you. So RFPs is the number one thing. It's just, there's so much gold in there. And I, I just, I wish I'd figured that out 10 years ago, but uh, I'm, I'm relatively late to the game there. Um, I think the second piece that's super valuable is the analyst community. And I think, um, you know, I live in a world where some of the Gartners and the Foresters and the IDCs and the 451s are super important. Red Monk, uh, you know, if you're really focused on developers. And, um, you know, a lot of times I think, uh, product marketing organizations or just companies in general use the analysts as too transactional. Like, like we're pitching them all the time, like their press versus building a relationship. And I think AR is a very slow twitch muscle. A lot of times, especially in, in the area where I am, where there's so much technology uh, uh, change and revolution and growth that like, you know, you have to take a long view in some of these discussions. And I think the most important thing is, you know, all these analysts sit in these seats because they have some level of expertise as researchers, and a lot of them are practitioners. There's a lot of kind of go between between the analyst communities and product marketing and product management leaders. So like a lot of times they could have had your job at another company. So listen to them. And so rather than, you know, in the Gartner terminology, do a briefing and pitch them all the time, do inquiries and say like, hey, here's my hypothesis. What do you think? And I always try to think of like, if I'm going to talk to them for, um, you know, if, if I'm going to have a 30 minute call, I only want to talk for eight to 10 of those minutes. I don't want to listen for 20. And I think that becomes super important. Um, and A, I just don't think people ask, you know, people don't ask enough uh, those open-ended questions of analysts. And I think it's an important uh, input to get, you know, you have to triangulate that with everything else, but it's important. So those are the two that I think are really focused uh, from an enterprise software standpoint to sort of really, um, kind of pressure test that hypothesis. The other two I think are more broadly applicable. Um, and I think people do them to varying degrees. Um, the first one is kind of traditional panel-based market research. Super important, the, you know, uh, you, 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 once you, you need to make a, part of it is again, is in part of that hypothesis is who are these people? Are you talking about the problems in the same way? So you make sure you methodically step through. Are you paneling the right people? You know, if you're, uh, 
if you're selling CRM software and you bring in the, the CISO, like that's not really the person who's, you know, they can, they're, they might have opinions, but you know, you have to get that mix right. So that's all part of the setup. But once you have the panel together, you, you know, make sure you say, Hey, these are the problems we think you have start with their problems or initiatives or, or, or big priorities, not your product. Um, make sure that that matches, make sure that you talk about like that becomes really important. That's an important part of messaging is setting up the problem statement. You may have a view inside the building of the problem statement that's different from how a lot of your customers have. And I think that's a good way to articulate it. And then when you start to talk through the solution of, well, how would you think about a solution that did A, B, and C, even maybe abstract away your brand, don't even say which company it's coming from, then you can start to get some feedback and make sure that those conversations become more open-ended. So again, you give those kind of prospects or ideal customers um, an idea to essentially hand you messaging or hand you ideas to go into messaging. So I think that's a really important thing. The important thing is, again, it's, it's critical on the front end to, in the hypothesis, articulate who, you know, who those folks are and what problems they have, um, get them in the door, and then, again, do more listening than talking. Um, and then the last thing, the sort of fourth leg of the, I guess it's not a stool, a chair. <laughs> it's a chair, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fourth leg of the chair or the backless chair, which I guess is a stool, I don't know, um, is, uh, <clears throat> um, is actually talking to uh, customers as part of some sort of beta or early access program or limited availability release program. I think too often, um, people think about early access programs, especially you know, in enterprise software as around technical validation. Does this work? Does this meet their needs? Does it create any you know, environmental issues? But uh, I think the, you know, there's huge benefit to just making sure that somebody on the, on the marketing side, probably you know, presumably the PMM is sitting there from the get-go and say like, okay, why would, you know, what problems are they trying to solve? How do, you know, it's the same thing. What language are they using to articulate these problems? And, and, and you know, again, listen more than talk and take that as another input. And then sort of then you do your messing, ma messaging managing magic uh, it, from a synthesis standpoint of take that early positioning, take that sort of early hypothesis that includes all the biases and then, you know, input all these other things. And I think that's how, you know, the messaging that has led to the most successful, particularly product launches, um, have adhered to that discipline. It's a discipline though. It's not, you know, it is not uh, ad hoc. It's not a fire drill. And so if you build it like a machine, you will get the, the benefits of it. So John, word on the street in the community is that you're known for decrying a sacred term in tech. Would you mind sharing a bit about that? Yeah, when my career is over, um, if there was sort of a career tombstone for me, um, I, all I wanted, all I want the inscription to be is he rid the world of on-premise. Um, that's all, that's my goal. That's what I'm doing in enterprise software. That's all I care about. Um, a premise is an abstraction. An argument can have a premise. A premise is, is a tract of land at a place. There could be a dog on premises. You could build a data center on premises. They're not related. They're not, um, they're not plurals of e uh, or, or singular uh, uh, examples or, 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 or cases of each other. They're completely di different words. And I'm, always shocked and surprised. And it's sort of been a thing, you know, going back to, uh, you know, I was at Microsoft um, in the late aughts, sort of when cloud started to become a thing and, you know, Azure was a thing and I was part of the team in what used to be called the server and tools division and, you know, kind of pitching that all, 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 all the time. And so whenever I'd work with keynotes on keynotes with executives, it's like, nope, it's not on premise, it's on premises. And I just became 
it's sort of my uh, OCD mission uh, in, in life. And I've kind of carried it through uh, my career to the point where when I first joined New Relic about 18 months ago, that was one of the first things I did. I went to the style guide and I was like, I need to edit access to the style guide. Uh, we need to wipe on-premise uh, from all, all uh, you know, all places where we communicate to the market. So that's just a little thing. It's, you know, for all, you know, in a world with, uh, in an engineering world where precision matters and concrete matters, like language matters too. And uh, I just, it's, uh, it's my mission in life. Thank you, John, for continuing to fight the good fight for all of us English majors who have found ourselves in the tech marketing world. So thank you. Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.